The following episode of Days of Thunder is brought to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. Go to ProWrestlingOnly.com to enjoy other fine podcasts, as well as match reviews, book reviews, video game reviews, and of course our forums. Let's start the show. Thunder buddies and travellers down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, their WCW Thunder rewatch podcast that nobody asked for, but we did anyway, coming to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. I am your host for this evening, your provocateur upon Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I'm joined on the line by my faithful co-host, Stagger Lee Malone. Lee, how are you this fine evening? I'm good, yeah, it's... Uh... Pretty chilled out evening, it feels like. I think we're recording early again this week, and it's just very chilled out. Just kind of feel a bit, you know, bit at ease. Yeah, I, I kind of, I'm enjoying, I'm I'm not in my usual recording room. I'm relaxing, everything's a bit chill. I've got some mood lighting going on, I don't have the big light lit in the room. It's the lamp in the corner, you know, it's it's all good, it's all good. Um... But yeah, that's that. That's good to hear. Uh, kind of delighted at the uh, the feedback we got last week. Uh, we did our special edition Knights of Nitro program. Um, how how do you feel that went for you? Where it felt like wearing a different pair of trousers for a while there. I thought. Yeah, it was it. It like first of all, the feedback was just phenomenal, and like I think blew us both away. But yeah, it was kind of. <laughs> it, I know it's a strange thing to say that ah, oh, we covered the Nitro instead of Thunder. But like it was just so very strange in a way. Like it, we're just so used to covering Thunder that like seeing anything like the the entrance setup is different. The ring kind of looks different. The like it just it just felt so strange. Yeah, I and I think when you like when you're doing something like we are, where we're watching one particular show and how it's done so closely. Mm-hmm. Any sort of slight variation in the formula seems to like just feel a bit not wrong, but yeah, it feels more different than it necessarily is. Because I'd say, you know, I I even think back to when I was ninety nine two thousand when I'm watching Raw or not sorry Nitro and Thunder every single week. At the time, I wouldn't have thought the shows were radically different, but I suppose the way we've set up this podcast and the lens we kind of have to view Thunder through, where we don't have. The, the kind of flip side of the coin in Nitro to look at um, it, it kind of either we notice the little things or we've just become so set in our ways now that just yeah any slight variation on a theme and we're like Whoa, what the fuck's going on <laughs> yeah. um, it's like we're confused by anything that's not Thunder related like it's it was nice for a change and it's not something I want to do all the time but you know I enjoyed it yeah it's like you said on on last week's show, Lee. I think like every now and again, 
I think a dip into Knights of Nitro will be helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. The one you obviously identified, uh, Russo's Revenge War Games 2000, uh, for for better or for worse, mostly for worse, it's it's one of our favorite Nitro episodes. The amount of times I think we've had conversations in our four odd years of friendship where Russo's Revenge War Games has come up. Oh yeah, I th- I think it would be remiss of us not to to do that show. I, I mean, there's that one. There's the uh, Russo Bischoff era reboot. Yeah, um, uh, I don't think there's any like any standout ones in 1999. No, there's a couple in the back of my head, maybe uh, over the next year or two, where it's like it, it's a nitro that follows a significant event that we might want to follow up. Okay, Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, the yeah. night after a pay per view where something big happens. Um, but look again, we'll we'll cross that that bridge back into Knights of Nitro when we come to it. But yeah, it won't be a regular thing. What I will say is that for at least the time being, we're um, while we we have some time in our hands, shall we say, Lee? Uh, we are are trying to commit to do uh, some sort of uh, a Thunder adjacent program every week or so. Um, we may not hit every single week. Um, but we are trying to pump out a bit more content for the listeners who were kind of like asking, you know, is there any, do you have anything in the vault? Is there anything in the pipelines? Uh, we have a couple of little ideas. Um, well, I, nothing. I, I, I think this is a nice spot to tease considering this one, this will be out on Thursday. Obviously now it's Tuesday, yes. isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, this will be out in a couple of days time. So I think there's a, a nice little place to tease that we have two pick your poisons lined up. For the coming we weeks, do. we won't, we won't say whom, no. and we, we won't say who our guest is. Um, but you can stick to at WCW Thunderpod on Twitter, and we will tease both the guests and the uh, the wrestler, and put out the match playlist closer to the time. Uh, in addition, I think the one thing we can announce, because it's completely in our own hands to do it or not, is that next week on the program, we will have a, a special mini episode. It's it's going to be much shorter than your usual Days of Thunder, but literally, as we went to record Nights of Nitro last week, we noticed that uh, WWE had put up a short half-hour documentary uh, in the WWE Untold series on the, uh, the Carl Malone, Dennis Rodman, Bash at the Beach uh, affair. Um, so we're going to watch very that timely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like as our, as our kind of, that's our go home show for our, our days of thunder bash at the beach. I don't want to increase the frequency at which we're covering thunders and, and pay-per-views. Cause I think the regular shows are a nice pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this additional content is just for people. If they want a little bit more of us, because I don't know, masochism or whatever. Um, they want to hear a little bit more of us uh, talking about different WCW universe things. Uh, then we have our extra offerings in between normal episodes um, for the next few weeks anyway. And uh, we will rapidly run out of steam on that idea. So uh, enjoy it while it lasts, everyone. <laughs> and look, we have to say for all of our friends that are stuck in like, I don't want to say a PC or, you know, a certain place in Jacksonville waiting for a show to record. You know, uh-huh. you, we know they have to get their fix of thunder, so. Yeah, you got to get your WCW references somewhere, even if the Codester can't do them on, on commentary every single week. <laughs> um, you remind me, actually, before we get into the thunder of it all, because it is Tuesday, I want to say, even though it'll be dated by the time this goes up, happy Trans Day of Visibility, everybody. Um, very important thing to my work, so mm-hmm. I feel like I must note it here. Um, 
But uh, Lee, we're go- we're back in our usual environs. We're ready to talk about an episode of Thunder. This will be Thunder episode twenty four. Before we get into that, though, customary part of the program. Tell me what beverage you have in the holster tonight. So with everything that's been going on, I have not been out doing the food shopping recently or doing any beverage shopping outside of, you know, the necessaries. So I am just sticking to the bourbon tonight. I'm back in the sudden comfort and just a little bit of lime. And yeah, happy out. So I have had to start resorting to my kind of the selection that are in my supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Now, this is fine by and large because in the last, I don't know, eight, nine months or so, uh, the two supermarkets that I would visit the most, uh, Tesco and Dunn's, have actually started carrying a few bits here or there that are kind of off the beaten track, particularly Dunn's, I'll say. Um, Now, this one isn't that off the beaten track at all. Like, I'm not saying I've got some sort of weird, I think my white hag last week is significantly more offbeat than this one. It's going to be like a Heineken Um, or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is is not far off mate uh so i've gone for a guinness golden ale oh okay uh, never heard of this so so not the stout that guinness are widely known for of course uh, and i'm not an I, I i would be the exception to the rule i would be an irishman who doesn't actually like guinness stout uh, myself of course you're very wrong on that <laughs> yeah I, this has been pointed out to me would you believe on a number of occasions i'm shocked uh, shocked to hear that like for many years for a few years there throughout college like i think the only time i would have a pint of guinness was when you would get them on arthur's day for free um <laughs> and the sh- then, shots that student would get something for free yeah and even then i felt like i was being ripped off i've just never and they say it's like wine or something you need to kind of just plow through with it and mm-hmm acquire the taste but it's just it's just never happened for me but let me try and see what guinness's golden ale has to offer for me yeah that's that's fine <laughs> it's not it's so not changed it's not changed my life is this different than hop house 13 yeah it's definitely so like hop house 13 has a very strong hoppy flavor mm. off it uh, Guinness Golden Ale. <clears throat> now, what it says on the the packaging here is brewed with the finest hops, Irish barley, and especially selected amber malt. I will say it tastes more malty than hoppy, um, but it's kind of just like I don't want to say bang average because it's probably better than that. Like it's more refreshing than just a bang average. Like I when I say bang average, I'm thinking like Carlsberg Heineken. Um, but it's in the kind of like it's got that refreshing hydrating quality like a Coors would have. Right. But there's, I, I would say you kick that flavor up about thirty, maybe even forty percent. Okay. You know, there it actually tastes like something as well as feeling like quite refreshing. That's quite a large bottle as well. Like it's not your sta- It's um, it's a half liter bottle. Oh, so nice. it's Like it's, it's pretty good. So so rather than the three star special, it's a three and a half star yeah 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 it's it's just it's just above a gentleman's tree i will say um but yeah like i i don't regret that now i was thinking i sat down and normally i i have my beer and i have like a water 
because I get uh, we often have the in joke when we're getting ready to record that I have podcasters throat that as soon as the red light is on I mm-hmm. just like start having to clear my throat all of a sudden when I didn't before they, um, they requires a cough that was not there like a minute before <laughs> yeah I, I, and it's weird and it's like all year round and then like as soon as we get going I don't have to cough and it's weird um, that's why I call it podcaster's throat but um, I, I normally would have the water beside me on the off chance that it recurs that I can just down the water instead because I wouldn't want to be chugging beer it'd be like that one episode we had not too long ago where things got a bit fuzzy um, <laughs> good, so I don't good times do that. not that I remember but good times <laughs> I know yeah um, so but this is quite nice this is actually refreshing and, and we'll do the job even though I don't have a water beside me I, I, I was anyway. going to say I, th- I think that episode is also a lesson for us do not record too late into the night <laughs> yeah yeah we're actually I'm feeling much more energetic tonight than usual because we are recording like about two and a half hours earlier than normally would and to touch wood there's been no um, no technical difficulties before starting this one so it's even earlier no, than proposed <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, mate, like it bore the holes off everybody listening. But like, if I was to get into the fucking uh, how I solved the technical difficulties, I I only had a couple last week when we were getting to, ready to go. But then I went to record my other podcast, Link to the Cast, and that just that just was not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up just having to get recorded from somebody else's side over oh, Skype Jesus. because it just I could not get Audacity working, even though I've never changed the settings in all the years I've had it. But anyway. Um, let's get on to what people are here for, and that's Thunder episode 24, July 8th, 1998, coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Um, our cold open on the program, uh, we have, it's funny, it's kind of, it's very reminiscent of like when you'd watch, uh, Raw or Smackdown, uh, in Latter Day, where instead of actually showing images, like showing video mm. from It's that post-pay-per-view uh, stills. Yeah, which is weird, and I, like I'll talk about it more as we go on. But like this was on TNT, mm-hmm. like so this wasn't the, the Georgia Dome wasn't on pay per view. See, but I, I suppose I, if I, you I, do it like that, don't you? I know. I I think I know why they're not showing the actual clips of it is because they're repeating the match on Nitro. So do you want to ah. like get that audience in again the following Monday? Yeah, try and pop two mm. ratings. Ah, I suppose that makes a bit of sense. In fairness, um, I I will say that um. It, it kind of the one knock on effect of it and it's something I'll talk about later when the commentary team start talking about it actually no they start talking about it here at the start of the show so you may as well say it like by showing still images and not showing the video as well as trying to entice people for the replay which they don't actually mention I don't think do they? they do they mention it like three quarters of the way through the show ah okay this is probably when I was starting to fade um, no. but it gives a very much an air of like fuck you if you missed it do you know what I mean like it, it's kind of well, we're not going to do the work for you and show you the highlights of the match. Like, mm. here's the still images. Go watch it yourself, buddy. See, I very I thought coming into the show, I was I was almost certain that they replayed the whole match on Thunder. Um, I think you even mentioned that. Yeah, and then when they, you know, were getting, like, towards the end of the show, I was like, oh, shit, maybe they don't. Like, And then they mentioned, oh, yeah, it's going to be shown in full on Nitro. And I was like, okay, right, that's where it was. I, I knew they replayed it in full. I just couldn't. I was adamant it was on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like it's funny. It's it's like it, it it it's like they're going. This is your punishment for daring to miss it. JJ told you last week. You better not miss it, and you did. So this is on you. Um, 
But uh, the, the tease for tonight is that our main event is going to be DDP versus Kurt Hennig. But there will be more on that as the situation would develop. Uh, we have JJ Dillon at what I presume is CNN Center. At least that's the implication. He's in a conference room. And I'm pretty sure they um, do say in Atlanta. So, yeah. Oh, actually, no. Do you know what? Pull that back for a second, Lee. There's something we need to talk about. And that is Lee Marshall's wardrobe. It's salmon shirt. His, so he's wearing like um, a, a beige blazer, yep. a salmon shirt, and like a shiny pink tie that's not quite salmon, but it's like it's deeper shade of salmon. At first, I thought it was like a copper tie, and I thought he was gone right off the reservation. But uh, I'll tell you what, this man, like a, a, a clothes horse, like he doesn't fear the bold fashion choices here in 1998, does he? This man was not afraid to make some bold choices with his colors, and I tell you. He pulled it off. <laughs> you know what? He did. <laughs> like he didn't. It like it didn't look bad. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't get over it. It was. Uh, I, yeah, I have to was, say, uh, if if I ever have to dress up as Lee Marshall again, and I won't, <laughs> I will go for that look. <laughs> and you know what? I back you to pull it off. Oh, I tell you, I'm just not growing the mustache again. <laughs> Um, so yeah, speaking, uh, the thing that reminded me of that was like, speaking of fashion, JJ is way at the other end of the spectrum here. Uh, he's got like a dotted tie with, uh, it's like a, is it like a navy and white dotted tie, uh, a red and white striped shirt and a black blazer. What is happening? Did he get dressed in the dark? I mean, I'm assuming he was out celebrating after Nitro and... Is still kind of recovering. I mean, this is a guy that spent what years in the Four Horsemen. Yeah. So you know, this is, this is a man that knows how to celebrate a good time. Yeah, he was just like picking up uh, a tie and a blazer that he found on the strip club floor when everybody else was clearing out that morning. And, and, and I th- like, th- yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it, um, JJ being in a wardrobe wouldn't be something new to WCW viewers. <laughs> because I don't know if you do you remember the famous, uh, I think it's Mrs. Atlanta Lively. It's a uh, Ronnie Garvin. Dressed, or Jimmy Garvin dressed up as um, Precious. I, I, it's something I never saw, oh. but have seen many jokey references yeah. to. And uh, J J J hiding in the closet. <laughs> um, J J is at CNN Center, presumably, and he's come out of a board meeting. Uh, it's definitely an empty conference room. I can tell you that for mm-hmm. absolute certain. Uh, he, he's, he's come out and he said Hennig has challenged Goldberg to a world title match now we know Goldberg is supposed to be teaming with Kevin Green uh, at the pay-per-view he said that uh, Hennig has challenged Goldberg but Goldberg is a fighting champion and he wants to defend that title so now JJ is ruling there will be no tag match and it will be Goldberg versus Hennig and Giant versus Kevin Green in two singles matches at the bash instead of a tag match um, he also says that we will as soon as we can update you on the United States title situation because obviously Goldberg now double champion what do you do with the other belt um now, granted, if this was uh, some sort of shoot sport, you would say, well, keep it on him until he loses it. He's not like it's a weight class thing where he's gone up and now can't defend the US title. But, you know, this is wrestling. And it's like, oh, fuck, we shouldn't have put two belts on him. We can't beat him. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like they didn't plan it out. Yeah, it's almost like they came up with this on the Tuesday morning beforehand. Um. So now, uh, <laughs> uh, the con- one thing I've noticed, right, so... Um, 
in all this WCW versus NWO stuff that started off the podcast, there was NWO family drama mm-hmm. and who, you know, who was from the WCW, was it going to be Sting, was it going to be Luger or taking down WCW? And then the Wolfpack happened and things got a bit more amorphous and we really haven't been focusing on the NWO being an invading force. But did you feel that like uh, JJ and the commentary team were really trying to put over huge on this show as if they'd forgotten that, oh yeah, the belt is back with a WCW guy now? Yeah, I mean, like, Luger won, Luger won the belt in 97. Sting won the belt in 97. Well, yeah. kind of. <laughs> like, this, this <laughs> isn't the first time the belt has been back in WCW, as I do air quotes that nobody will see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, theatre of the mind, my friend. It is. Like, don't get me wrong, it's a big, huge moment, and it's great, and, you know, it's the moment we were all waiting for on this run of the podcast. But... The way, like you say, they're framing it as, oh my god, WCW are back on top. Well, yeah. like, no. like it, Yeah, they have the champion, but like this isn't the first time this has happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, get with the fucking program. Um, we have a video from Monday. Uh, this is the the part of the, the, the main event where uh, Malone and DDP come out to attack the NWO B team uh, who were coming out to try and fuck mm-hmm. over Goldberg. Uh, Tony is explaining... <laughs> Um, th- he's explaining the situation where it was a tag match now it's two singles matches and now he's with Hennig and Vincent uh, Hennig said Rick Rude has flown to Atlanta and is with the lawyers uh, <laughs> and he says he can't wrestle Paige tonight as it interferes with the game plan he and Rude have developed for beating Goldberg um, he says this is like trying to cover for his boss but also act like he's hurt he's saying that all that happened with Hulk Hogan on Monday was that he slipped on a banana peel um, uh, one f- part of this promo which was kind of very pedestrian for me um, one part I did really like is you know the part so there's a, a, a moment in this promo right after he says about the banana peel where the Goldberg chants ramp up and they kind of drown him out a little mm-hmm. bit and there's like a second where like fear and intimidation flashes across Hennig's face, and then he goes back yeah. to the bravado yeah. about beating Goldberg. It's just, like you say, it's just a very brief thing, but it just you can see it. It's like that, like oh uh, shit, and then he kind of snaps back into himself. Um, yeah. I tell you what, you, you'd miss or you'd miss how rude with him, wouldn't you? Yeah, they're they're not quite the same separately. Uh, that's for sure, and definitely Vincent is a significant downgrade on Rick Rude in terms of presence as well mm. as almost everything else. I mean, Vincent is just short of like pounding his hand, his fist into his hand in the background. Like, yeah, it's actually worse than him coming out by himself, <laughs> having Vincent there with him. Um, he says, even though he owes Page one, he cannot wrestle him tonight. He will take advantage of Goldberg's weakness and will be the new champion come Sunday at Bash at the Beach. Um, I tell you what, yeah, it, it, I, it's decent long-term storytelling because they've been building to this uh, Henning Goldberg match for about two months now. Yeah, it would be about two months. Um, like I know Henning got the uh, yeah, he got who, the legit injury a couple of months, what about a month and a half ago, and yeah. then Conan had to take his place at the last pay per view. Yeah, exactly right. And and who would have thought that it would lead to being a WCW title match? No, but again, I, uh, I like that. Bash. I like that they took. Like they instantly took Goldberg out of the like the meaningless tag match and gave him a, a world title match on his first pay per view. Like obviously we know he's not gonna close the pay per view, but like it, it's good that they instantly pulled him and said no, this is important. This is this is you know he's our world champion now. He should ha- be having a world title singles match. 
Not only that, but like it's good that at least so doing that match on short notice last week, we we talked a bit. Um, there's the bit in Death of WCW and where Dave Meltzer talks about it as well about how like they essentially blew up all of Hogan's feuds by taking the belt off him. Mm-hmm. Like he had a potential feud with Nash and a potential feud with Brett if Brett turned on him uh, in the pipeline, and they've just completely fucked that. Uh, for the time being so at least if they've blown up all of Hogan's feuds at least they're not blowing off all of Goldberg's that they're getting back to something like uh, that it doesn't feel like a pure moonshot I I tell you what though like looking at that tag match Giant and Henning Goldberg and Green do you think they were tempted to have Green take the fall and sneak out of Goldberg you know staying undefeated shall we say yeah, I mean, that would be one of the, like, you know, if you have somebody with a streak, that's one of the kind of classic ways to get around it. So I was, I've was i been doing a thing this week um, where in the evenings, uh, myself and friend of the show, Keith Brony, have been kind of getting in a, in a chat with each other and also tweeting out uh, as we've been watching the WWF pay-per-views from 2000. Mm. And like a couple of the ways so you can have somebody kind of sort of get beaten in a fuck finish because so in 2000, Kurt Angle has an undefeated streak and the first way he sort of gets beaten is Taz chokes him out, but it's ruled an illegal choke. So he's still unbeaten. Um, And then the other thing, I was watching WrestleMania 2000 last night and he's in the three-way for the Eurocontinental Championship. And he never gets pinned. And he loses both belts without being pinned. Which is great. Like Um, just uh, fucking brilliant stuff like that is. Yeah, it was perfect, and it gave him recourse to, if they wanted to have him go back after either belt, you know, he had the whole, I was never pinned thing. But see, it, And it, I think it's not until, is it The Rock beats him in the summer? Is that when he finally loses clean? Is it not The Undertaker? Beats him at, like, oh, at fully loaded, or so, don't they do, like, the triple, the, like, three future main eventers versus the three main eventers? It's like... Uh, the ben- six-pack challenge, I think it? it no, 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 it's like Ben or Rock on top for the title. Undertaker, oh. Triple H, Undertaker, um, yes. Angle, and Triple H, Jericho. I want to say, yes, all on one show. Yeah, the, uh, the the six pack challenge I'm thinking of is King of the Ring, isn't it? With the with Shane involved. Oh, that's that's like a six man tag, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I'm um, pretty sure it's like fully loaded. as the first time he actually takes a clean, you're clean right. fall. Yeah, yeah, no, you're dead. Right. Um, the actual funny that you mentioned, Biker Taker. I didn't realize so he doesn't show up until Judgment Day that mm-hmm. year. But he's at Access dressed like Biker Taker, even though he isn't Biker Taker on TV yet. Really, and he just looks fucking miserable. <laughs> why? Why did they do that? I don't know. And like, whatever about if they had him show up at Access, but they actually showed him on the video of like, hey, Access was cool. It just shows him for like two seconds doing the eye roll thing in his bandana and denim shirt, like being surrounded by weirdos. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> but like that that's the thing about Angle Angle was never supposed to be taken seriously as an undefeated guy yeah but like imagine if they had Goldberg lose that tag match to like set up a US title defence yeah it wouldn't like it, it, it's a it's it would be a it's a different timeline isn't it, it? Like keep his streak intact and it'll be a different way of getting to a feud rather than your next you know it, but like would people have stopped taking the streak seriously then? Uh, I don't think so, specifically because it's the football guy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think there's like some freak show value and like, well, of course the football guy is the one who took the pin. He's not a wrestler. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting what if though, 
because I know for, for some people that would definitely taint it but I think on the whole I think the dude was so bulletproof for a while here you could have got away with it um, they probably could have um, um, I suppose it's the whole thing of nobody talks about how the Undertaker isn't actually undefeated at Wrestlemania yeah yeah but don't don't say that <laughs> no but like Wrestlemania 9 happens you know he didn't win yeah yeah but he didn't lose <laughs> But let's count it in a streak anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, Our first match is an interesting affair. So the public enemy are out. And they're facing Tokyo Magnum and a young man by the name of Shima Nobunaga. How quickly, Lee, did the penny drop for you here? Oh, instant. Yeah. Instantly, because I knew it was coming. But my God, the the spelling of Shima. (laughs) Yeah. So this is Shima... Of AEW and Strong Hearts and all that sort of fame. OTT. Uh, he's, yeah, he is 19 years old here. Um, Jesus. I, I was looking this up earlier on because we were talking about it. It took me a second because the graphic comes up. And so I'm always, when the graphics come up, I'm always Scribbling. trying to type yeah. in the names as quickly as possible so that I can start taking my notes. Um. And like I'm writing in Shima, and I was like, "God, that's very that's funny." And then looked up from the graphic, and I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and it the penny did drop because I was like, "Oh yeah, I've seen old photos of him before. I would have seen any of his matches where he used to wear like variations the goggles, on the goggles yeah. he was wearing." Um, and like the the penny if the penny hadn't dropped by then it certainly would have by the time the bell rang because he essentially is wearing the same gear he wears now oh yeah the the, the frills on the on the uh, biker shorts and he's yeah. very much he's very much shima like that, that that's just yeah, what he is like yeah he's he's very much like um just he's just baby shima yeah. here like because fa- facially like especially with the goggles on he you would not be able to pick him out of a lineup mm. Uh, when he takes the goggles off, you're like, oh, yeah. And then when you see the gear, you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, the, the road has owned him in a lot of ways. He definitely looks every year of his 42 now. And, and I'll no, tell you, but- like, neither of us are huge, massive Dragon Gate guys. Oh, God, no, no. But, like, see, like, it, it, it is kind of funny in retrospect to look back and go, in 1998, WCW had access to, like, the Tarumon, like, trainees, like Shima, like Tokyo Magnum. Don Fuji, who we saw a couple of weeks ago, like it, yeah, it's amazing the talent they had access to, yeah. and somehow uh, did nothing with. You could, yeah, you could build like we were talking about this earlier as well. Like you could build a fantasy roster of people who just had a fucking cup of coffee in that promotion. You know, like do you know what? Something we could do is a fantasy draft between people that just appeared on Thunder. Never mind WCW, like, it... Oh, mate. It, it's phenomenal the amount of one-offs you get on this show. And, yeah. like, I don't I, I don't even know if Shima is a one-off. Um, He has a... So, I looked this up, and I think he has a couple more. Um, But I don't know if he ever appears on Thunder again. Um, So, it might be I hello want... and goodbye in one moment. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but oh, what a ride! <laughs> what a couple of minutes. Uh, this is Baby Shima, and yeah, he doesn't last very long because this is this is very much the public enemy being dominant here. Yeah, I mean they have to be built up for their big tag match. Yeah, 
they've got <laughs> they're they, they they are definitely on the rise compared to Shima. Um, uh, he's gone nowhere. No, no. So, it's all about Rocky, Rock or Rock and Johnny Grunge. Sure, look, he still can't get on TV now. Twenty years later, <laughs> he's, he's still mulling <laughs> over that uh, offer from the Dark Order. I mean, maybe he was waiting to see yeah. who the Exalted One was. Maybe, maybe that's one of the you know, like Cody likes living into all these WCW tropes. Maybe one of the WCW tropes he loves is having Shima right in front of you and doing fucking nothing with him. <laughs> maybe he's going to come back in his WCW in his gear from this time. It was a it was a quick little match here. Uh, Public Enemy pretty much squashed the pair mm-hmm. of them. Um, poor Shima was the one that was picked to eat a tri-fi through the table stack. Um, and it's funny, like I tell you what, immediately. F- what Sorry. I, I have a question on that one. Go on. Why is Shima being put through two tables? Not a disqualification. Does like one table, you know, cancel out the other table, and somehow it's okay. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, <laughs> it's a double jeopardy situation where you can't disqualify me twice for the same crime. <laughs> like, the referee is right there. This isn't an ODQ match. Yeah. This isn't ECW. This, this is one of those things that would, like, and, you know, we, we talk about it, you know, continuity Malone and what what would Mick Lambrose say and, and things like that uh, as a joke. But um, one of the things that, like, it's very much carried on spiritually by... Uh, prime era tna was a very selective regarding of the rules like some matches were no dq and some had dqs and there didn't seem to be any sort of reason uh for them and this is definitely an an early example of that um they don't seem to have a raven's rules stipulation no they don't Uh, maybe there's some sort of wcw bylaw that if the weapon is part of your entrance you're allowed to use it like is it because like it's their finisher (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like well do, do you know the way like it's, it's if you get like the public enemy toy set they probably come with a table it's like well of course i'm going to use it you can't just it's a chekhov's gun thing you can't just bring out the table and not use it so the referee is like i'll go on you scallywags so does that mean Hor- well i mean horace is only in raven's rules matches so of course he can use the stop sign yeah of course the stop sign isn't a weapon that's 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 WCW canon at this point. Like I, I'm just trying to wonder. I'm just wondering, like how far this will go. So, like you know, <laughs> Scott Hall walks out with a cattle prod. It's legal. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's a it's it's one like so. There was a whole um, at one stage. I remember there was a there was a famous story about how uh, a writer told Vince McMahon that they can't do a finish because it's against the rules of pro wrestling. And he was like, what rules? There's no rule book. And this ended with him making the writer go home and write the rule book of professional wrestling. <laughs> so, like, I want to see how many volumes and how thick the WCW bylaws are that explain away why they can use tables and why Raven's rules is allowed. But, like, interference gets a DQ and, and things like that. Look, if, if you don't um, think Serge and Jody Hamilton weren't hitting trainees with a rule book in the power plants <laughs> as part of their training and Hedy you've got another thing coming to you <laughs> um, yeah so Shima ate the tri-fi through the stack uh, get, gets rolled in and pinned and immediately Shima's debut on Thunder is completely overshadowed as the dancing fools come out and be- just beat up everyone I mean as they should <laughs> this, 
it's a very serious tag team. I'd love to get like an honest view on how you've basically been backed into the corner of becoming like the biggest dancing fools and disco fan in the world just to be my devil's advocate. I, I mean, they're a great tag team. We've seen them a couple of times. They have good news, good chemistry. They look good. <laughs> I mean, have you have you, you have sir, you seen? Would pass no polygraph. <laughs> I mean, have you seen their dancing? I have. It's exactly my point. Um, speaking of dancing, our next match involves the cat, Ernest the Cat Miller versus Viano 4. Um, I was kind of surprised because, like, we haven't seen a Viano in quite a while. And this match, like, about 60% of it is just Viano whipping the piss out of the cat. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Bobby asked the right question where's one and two and three? Yeah. Bo- Bo- I tell you, Bobby was thinking ahead of time here because this plays into later in the match. Um, but yeah, Viano is like just stomping mm-hmm. him and, and, and like throwing him around the place, and the cat can't even get his robe off. I, I will um, say the cat has obviously never watched a Sting match in WCW because his one big mistake was to actually wear a ring robe. Lee, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if this like about a year and a half from now builds to the payoff where Sting takes his duster off in the oil the ring before he gets in. <laughs> And, like, that's how he finally conquers his arch enemy of the time. I will absolutely love it, but I, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Do you, do, do you um, think at this stage they realised the cat just wasn't very good, so all he can do is sell? I don't know, because I, I don't know if you remember Latter Day Thunder Lee, but, like, if they realised Ernest the Cat Miller was terrible, he wouldn't have played such a prominent role for so long. Like, strap in, because we're not going to be rid of this man for almost the entire duration of this podcast. If anything, he's going to become much more regular. I look forward to it. Because we, we still, not only will we have the, the the whole of his wrestling career on Thunder here, but we will also have Commissioner, Commissioner Cat. Commissioner Cat, yeah. US Champ Cat. Yeah. So we will get uh, cat matches plus cat promos uh, at a certain point. Uh, so <laughs> uh, momentum changes with a massive super kick. And just as it looks like the cat is about to gain the upper hand, uh, Viano's four and five do an Eric angle and swap with each other in the ring. Uh, Viano four rolls out and Viano five appears from nowhere and runs into the ring. I, I, uh, I like that which, Eric angle is your go-to on that spot. Hundred <laughs> percent. Not any of the numerous other teams and people that have done this spot. No, because Eric Angle is like the, the like the dumbest one. <laughs> in almost no way. Like, you know, the, like, it, Eric Angle looks like a very badly drawn sketch of Kurt Angle. I mean, Eric Eric, like, Eric Angle holds a pinfall over The Undertaker. He does. He does. One more than I do, so what do I know? And then he got his ass um, whipped by Brock Lesnar, but, I mean, that's beside the point. <laughs> um, so they switch, and my favourite part about this is from second one when this switcheroo happens, mate. And, by the way, it could have been worse. I could have said twin magic. So... Let's that's WWE Hall of Famer. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I, my favorite thing about it, from moment one when this switcheroo happens, whatever about Tony, whatever about Brain, Lee Marshall is having fucking none of this. Lee, Lee Marshall remains the smartest man in the room. Yeah, every time. Yeah, he just goes. That's Fiona Five. You can clearly see the five on his gear. 
tell you, Lee Marshall, he, he's the only one that says this is bullshit. Why can't anybody else see this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the Mr. H. Hogan the, rears his head. This man should be put on all those detective cases tonight, I guess. I, I tell you, the Undertaker saga in 94 would have been a lot easier if it was Lee Marshall and not Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> he would have figured out who ran over Stone Cold before the main event of Survivor Series ever happened. <laughs> before the show was over. <laughs> he'll, he'll come out halfway through and go look I know this will sound weird but you know the dance the big dancing the guy the big Simone that dances <laughs> yeah you know him well it was him it was sort of him it was sort of not look just sit down I'll explain he, it he to did you. it for the rock um, yeah he did, he did it for the rock I don't have the time to explain why um, the cat uh, hits the feliner which is his his rebound kick off the top. I love that name. That, it's a great name. It is a good pun. I'll give him that. Um, so he gets the win, but not really because did you notice that the cat got up at about two point five? Yeah, like I say, he's not very good. No, he has Viano pinned, and then the other Viano comes into the ring to attack him. And before the three count is counted, he stands up and does like a spin kick. Yeah. But, like, the referee still counts three and rings the bell because he's a fucking idiot. Do you remember that bumper sticker from, like, 20 years ago that said, I know karate and three other Japanese words? That's very, yeah. that's very much the cat. Yeah, that's that's his <laughs> mantra. Um, my favourite part of this is right at the end of the segment, uh, the commentators are throwing over to Tony, who's on the ramp for an interview. And just as he goes to throw over, Brain just goes, Meow. <laughs> I tell you what, Brain does a co- that a couple of times because nobody on this show works harder than Tony Schiavone. He is going from the commentary spot to the ramp to the ring, back to the announcers, yeah. back to the ramp. Oh, fuck, he got his steps in for today. I'll tell, I'll tell you that. He back and forth and back and forth like a yo-yo. But it, I, I think uh, what makes it great is knowing that they can all hear Heenan when they're about to do interviews. And I can only imagine yep. what he's saying off the air. Never mind when we can hear him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, he's constantly, I assume, trying to get a rise out of Tony. And Tony, ever the professional, completely no-sells him. Uh, he's got an interview now with Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Eddie says he hasn't... And this starts a weird trend of tonight where, like, everybody with a microphone uh, congratulates Goldberg. Uh, he said he hasn't had a lot to be happy about lately, but he was glad to see Goldberg win the title on Monday, so congratulations. He says, Uncle Eddie has it together now. Chavo has a few screws loose. Time's up on disrespecting Uncle Eddie. He will humiliate and degrade Chavo because, and I quote, nobody likes bald people um, when he shaves him at the paper. I was very offended by that. Um, (laughs) This isn't personal shots at you. Listen, I was an Eddie Guerrero fan. (laughs) Past tense. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and take that kind of abuse. Damn right, mate. Stand up for yourself. <laughs> I know I know you mentioned it there about everyone saying it about Goldberg. I did like that because unlike when Luger won the title on Nitro, like the whole of the locker room emptied out to the ring and they had that big celebration in the ring. Whereas with Goldberg, like he had his moment alone, so it kind of makes sense that the WCW wrestlers are coming out and, you know, proclaiming you know, going, This is a big thing. It's just a small little yeah. touch, like it, it could have been just like after going out, just like right, make sure you mention Goldberg in the title. That's it. Maybe it's just maybe it's just that I'm so not expecting stuff like that to make sense. 
Um, you're looking at it ne- negatively, like yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it was just it, it just caught me off guard. I tell you what, the rest of the interview though, I love this interview. Yeah, and it's not what he's right. saying. It's looking at Eddie, and this is the first time on this run I feel like we see that kind of Latino heat era, Eddie. Yeah. You, you see it in his eyes. You see the, the, the fire, the belief in what he's saying. Like I said, I wasn't listening to what he was saying. I was kind of, I was transfixed by Eddie for the first time. Yeah, he's got that, like, steely look mm-hmm. in his eyes. You know, even though this angle's a load of shit, like, he's he's he means what he says mm-hmm. like or at least it comes off like he means what he says uh, and that he's looking forward to getting his hands on Chavo at the pay-per-view like I am excited for Eddie to get this over mm-hmm. and in the rearview mirror and see what he does next um, but yeah this was a very good promo from him uh, and as it went off the air uh, the most humiliating thing in the world some fan had that like hobby horse that Chavo had like had made himself a version of that that was a grown man who had to bring that to the arena in Birmingham Alabama that night you think I, I just, you think that was the worst thing to happen that night? No, probably not. <laughs> I'm leaving that at that. <laughs> um, what have we got next? So we got Tony again. <laughs> See, I told you putting in. Nobody worked harder well, than this man. Yeah, I even wrote it here as like Tony putting in an absolute shift tonight. Uh, DDP is here. DDP again gives props to Goldberg, um, and then in very much a like. So DDP in a lot of ways, right? And I know I don't think you've watched the show because I think I've referenced it before on the show. Um, but you'll have to follow me on this. Um, he, DDP in some ways reminds me very much of Tobias from Arrested Development. And what I mean by that is he says things and phrases in a way that come off in a way he may not intend. And what I mean by this is that to threaten... Uh, their opponents at the pay-per-view Hogan and Dennis Rodman he says that Malone has been two hours a day jacking up in the gym Mm -hmm. and he's been in the ring slamming and jamming four to five hours a day which tell you what that's very much up there with threatening people people are going to get banged uh, in in terms of uh, inadvertent double entendres look if I didn't know any better I'd I'd say DDP was still not on purpose (laughs) Do you know, like, yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that the guy is so earnest yeah. and so, like, you know, everybody in wrestling will tell you he's one of the, to a fault, one of the biggest self-promoters in the game. Um, If you didn't know that he was so earnest about his stuff and so prepared, yeah, you would say he was kind of like, if he was any one of the NWO guys, he'd be it's like, like oh, a, he's doing this to pop nudge, the boys. Nudge no wink, yeah. But honestly, I think if we were to at him today and say you know all your promos are basically about jacking off and you know banging people it's like i honestly think he would be surprised that (laughs) (laughs) excuse me what (laughs) like i honestly believe that he thinks he is just talking about how tough and the long hours that carmel owen is putting in yeah but almost certainly but almost like to us mm -mm. <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty, I guess. Um, he says that his prophecy is coming true. It's going to be the worst week of Hogan's life. He says um, that uh, Hennig isn't weaseling out uh, tonight of the main event. Just like when Carl uh, Malone got him on Monday with the diamond cutter, he's going to feel the bang. 
It's not. Um, what do you think of Page's promo here? Um, I didn't like it. I thought for the first time he kind of stumbled over his words a little bit. He seemed a little bit lost at one point as well, and it wasn't his best work that we have seen. That said, I think this is the first time he says "feel the bang," and that obviously goes on to become his go-to closing, you know, phrase. And already, like the fans are following straight away. Now, maybe he's been saying it on Nitro for fucking weeks. I don't know, but yeah. definitely the first time on on Thunder, I remember hearing him say "feel the bang." Mm. Uh, next up, we had Judo Sawa versus Juventud Guerrero. Um, I really like this early on, Lee. This was a nice kind of like um, palate cleanser mm-hmm. from a couple of interviews and a very quick opener, uh, opening couple of matches. Um, Fast-paced, flippy action. Um, really good chop from Sawa mm-hmm. in here earlier for which he gets a receipt on the floor with a thundering chop from Hoovy. Um I love that uh, in the early going here, Lee, they were moving so fast that Hoovy goes to execute a head scissors and Charles Robinson has to jump up onto yeah, the ropes to get, to get out, out of the way. way. Yeah, really, really, like, just one of them little things you only notice, but, like, it's just like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, yeah. Either question, who is Judo yeah. Sua? Because I didn't this, look him up. He's an... I'm, I, like, I thought we'd already had him on this podcast. Have we? I don't know. <laughs> like, um, I think he's another... He, he is uh, a Tarimon guy, guy because they say it... Like, well, Tanae says it, obviously, because Tanae is the only one that's fucking knowledgeable on these things. <laughs> that knows things. Um, but, yeah, they, they say he's a Tarimon guy, but, like... I don't remember. I, I meant to look him up. But I forgot, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, Takahiro Sua, better known simply as Sua. Okay. Uh, he retired in 2007, originally returned for a short period of time in 2013 as Maybach Taniguchi Jr. before a cervical spine injury forced him to retire once again. He's only 44 now. Wow, so geez, how old? 22. Wow, okay. Funnily enough, when you Google him, one of the very first things that comes up is this exact match. So maybe he didn't have that many matches in WCW then. Yeah, he may not have. Um, no, that, um, uh, just, I was wondering, like, uh, I don't recall his name coming up on the show previously. There's a match here that's coming up from Noah that's uh, Kenta, Naomichi Marafuji, and Taiji Ishimori versus Loki Kanemaru and him. That's, that's some... Uh, <laughs> good company he's keeping yeah from 2006 all right that's my homework for this evening look up a bit more of uh judo sour um where are my notes gone now i got completely distracted <laughs> there um yeah so uh <laughs> the, the the elegant judo practitioner hits a vader bomb of all things uh, and right after he hits that kidman just comes out and starts wandering around um, Sawa hits uh, a released German that I'm assuming Hoovy was supposed to fully rotate and end up standing up, but he kind of falls over a little bit. Uh, Hoovy kind of almost too subtly catches sight of Kidman, mm-hmm. gets enraged, hits two sickening Hoovy drivers. No, for no, the no, win. no, no. He hits a Hoovy driver. Then he picks Sua up and fucking spikes yeah. him on his neck with a, <laughs> yeah. with a Hoovy driver. <laughs> yeah. That second Hoovy driver is disgusting. 
Yeah, it was gross. Um, the flock jumps immediately the bell, possibly because they were so grossed out. Um, uh, yeah, they, they put the boots to him and then they hold him down uh, for the seven-year itch from Kidman. Um, so obviously this feud is continuing. Uh, <laughs> my next note reads, hair versus hair video, Chavo sucks. Yeah, it's a, just a repeat of the uh, Chavo promo from Nitro that we fucking buried already. So the less said, the better. Uh, then a tag team match video. There's a lot of these throughout the night, but there's no new information. Really, I, I tell, I tell um, you what, they actually are doing a good job of pushing Bash at the Beach on the show. Yeah. Oh, look. Um, I think up and down this card, they do a really good job of um recapping a lot of the major mm-hmm. matches and especially this tag match, which. You know, the amount of coin that it's got to cost World Championship Wrestling to get these two basketball players in, they had better ring it for all it's worth, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. Um, next up, uh, Mongo is here, God help us. And he's here to appeal to Arn Anderson. He said he's put a video together to show you all what kind of man Arn is. And that just get, made me chuckle at the idea of Mongo in the production truck. Uh, trying to make a video. Okay, can can we just say this video he's put together is one fucking promo. He's yeah, it's one continuous pro- like it's he's just, just pulled footage he, from one one event. That's it. That's his video. Yeah, yeah. He really put it over like he'd done some highly slickly produced uh, deal here, and yeah, it was just one iron promo. Look, it was a good iron promo. Oh, it is. It's it, and know? it's a match I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, but like. Anyway, uh, he says that like he can still see the fire behind Arn's eyes, and he thought his fire went out after football, but it can burn again. So he's just still begging Arn to come back, reform the horseman with him. Um, they obviously didn't think at this stage that Arn was going to be able to return to wrestling, did they? Mm. I don't think so. Like I'm pretty sure they knew. Like at the end of '96, he was done. That was it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, just by that, you would think if they did think that he would have been involved in a bit more kind of like some physical stuff. But by now, see, I'm thinking this was obviously summer '98, so Bischoff and Flair had the the they're on the, the, the legal the trouble going on at the moment over the. Uh, I yeah. think he missed an episode of Thunder, wasn't it, to go watch Reed yeah. wrestle? Oh well, yeah. sorry. And I think he's gone till is it September? Yeah, oh, he's gone September comes. Actually, that may be something. That we should watch for Nights oh, of Nitro. Oh, um, yeah, maybe. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> that's that's six months in real time. Oh, from yeah. there nearly. Um, but yeah, the, the the whole thing is Bischoff says Flair missed a thunder. Flair says he wasn't scheduled on thunder. Blah blah blah. So I'm thinking that they're actually trying to position Aaron as the heart and soul of. The Horseman, yeah. and not Flair. Well, well, that's what they're doing, because there's even a point in the show where they talk about how, like, you know, we all know who is in The mm. Horseman, but the whole time throughout, like, Aaron was the, the, the beaten heart of the, the Horseman. And I, I, I'm assuming um, they're trying to, like, they're, they're planning to have a Horseman without Flair. Yeah. Um, or at least kind of contingency planning for that being an eventual, eventuality. Um, then we have the lads talking again about how much Hennig, uh, you know, he's excited to wrestle Goldberg, but he does not want to wrestle DDP. Another tag match video. Um, and my favorite part of this other tag match video, Lee, there's nothing really of note, except for the fact that they use a shaky cam edit on the already existing footage to make it look like the NWO black and white geeks weren't running away from a stationary truck. Yeah. Did you I, notice I this? Did. And look, like I say, the, the video packages on this show were 
better than they have been in recent weeks. So I'll, I'll yeah. cut them a bit of slack on that. Yeah, given how stupid the actual footage looked, they did the best they could to try and, and salvage And they cut, they cut away uh, before you see Giant hiding behind a fucking a car, you know? Yeah. Um, speaking of things that require salvaging, Stevie Ray is here. Uh, he says that Stevie Ray is okay, which should be a t-shirt. Um, I'd buy, I'd buy but it. it's his brother that has the problem. I buy what? It. Yeah, <laughs> damn straight. Suckers got to know on the I, back. I, t- I tell um, you what, though, I can't be the only one that when they hear that music, and then Steve Ray comes out, you're like, oh yes, and then it's like, oh, fuck, oh, not him. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, um, it's such a, it's such a like, oh yes, here's Booker, and then it's like, damn. <laughs> he says that um, his brother has a problem because he's wrestling Bret Hart for the the US title he dedicates this match to Booker stumbling all mm-hmm. over this promo is so awkward he's forgetting words and pausing and obviously panicking and trying to figure out how to to reword himself a, a TV title match yeah, should I and say the, the, this man's uh, about to get a push yeah unbelievable <laughs> I mean you think about the amount of people that are just not even on TV in this like, company and they're going with this sorry, guy not, not to jump too far ahead of ourselves but just think about this in a couple of months' time, the number two guy in NWO Hollywood is going to be Stevie Ray. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> Speaking of NWO, Conan is his opponent tonight, and I know you were excited to see that. Um, I tell you what, it's often I'll say this. Conan wasn't the worst person in this match. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't even, like, <laughs> the, the, the gap between them was very wide. Yeah. Um, uh, big reactions mm-hmm. for Conan. I will say, like he's incredibly popular at this time. Um, even though he got big reactions, uh, a lot of this early match is just Stevie Ray kicking the bollocks off him without breaking a sweat. Well, well see, Conan uh, also made the mistake of wearing a jacket to the ring. Yeah, <laughs> it's the classic. And once that? again, in WCW, you get punished for having any kind of overshirt or jacket or anything. Yeah. And he does not get to take that whole that fucking jacket off for the entirety of this match. I want to know who the agent was in WCW who was always trying to slip this. My into guess matches. is Terry Taylor. <laughs> I, I I I can't counter you with a better guess. So yeah, that's our that's our head cannon now. Is it? Ter- Terry, Terry Taylor's putting all these matches together and he's telling everybody, oh, you need to have a robe." But then part of the match becomes, "Oh, well, you have the robe on, so you can't get any offense in." Uh, Conan evades uh, an elbow drop hits a rolling clothesline then a drop kick to the arse to knock Stevie (laughs) out to the floor Um, they go outside and Stevie uses a chair for the DQ uh, throws him in to continue the beating but Booker comes out to make him stop and I love Booker's line here we ain't out here to murder nobody (laughs) yeah Um, I'm not touching that one yeah, it's. Um, I, I'm guessing Booker did not come up with that line on his own. No, it, it's very much the because um, like Stevie has this thing where like he seems to be the devil on his shoulder, mm-hmm. trying to encourage him to be more like. And I'm not using this word, but I imagine it was the word that was used in the discussion, trying to get him to act like a thug. Yeah. You know. That's definitely what they're leaning mm-hmm. on here, and I am very uncomfortable in hindsight about it. Booker is doing the level best he can here. Um, yeah, I I and sp- don't like this. Like it, it's 
like I say, it's very heavy handed in what they're implying Stevie wants Booker to be. Yeah, uh, it's very much subtlety hammer mm-hmm. territory. But speaking of Booker trying to do his best, there's a Booker versus Brett video. And I love the idea of young cocky Booker T saying he's promising to show Bret Hart what wrestling is all about. And uh, he finishes the promo by saying Brett is resting on lazy legs, which is the most accurate thing I've ever heard. It's a great line. Like, that's the only line I took from it as well. And I remember when he cut the promo, that's the one we picked out. Um, yeah. yeah, like it, like this, this should be a huge match on this show. And they've yeah. done nothing on Thunder to promote it how much steam has gone out of Brett so quickly that this match is just a match for the TV title like we're um, into what June 98 yeah he joined the company in December 97 or J- July 98 or, sorry so, July yeah, so, so 8 months ago he came into the company yeah. he's off the biggest story in wrestling like he is dead as a draw as anything a commodity over done no name value left yeah. And, like, he's barely shown up to wrestle. And you would think absence makes the heart grow fonder, but I still think he's shown up too much. That's how little time I have for him at yeah, this stage. Yeah, like, the less we see him, the better at this stage. Um, Hennig and Vincent in the conference room, and I would love to hear this meeting, um, but he's stressing that he needs the paperwork to be faxed through to officially cancel his match later tonight with DDP. Um... Horace and Raven versus Saturn and Canyon and Lee. The fucking gulf of talent between Horace and any other man in this match <laughs> is wide. Yeah, but they're not called Hogan. Yeah, but <laughs> I, like, I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna try and argue that. I'm not gonna try and argue that. That is a very fair point. But what I am going to say is, when the gulf of talent is that bad. Why do you structure the match so that Horace takes, like, 80% of this match? I'm going to come back to... None of them have a second name of Hogan. Yeah, okay, yeah, alright, okay, yeah. And, you know, when Uncle Terry is basically running the company... Uncle Tez. I mean, you're going to be allowed to do some shit. Oh, God. And, And we're not even close to being rid of this guy and I mean a vanilla midget like Saturn who has no upside uh, yeah like he's definitely not li- literally no upside to Saturn I mean you have to put Horace over I mean Horace also makes the mistake of wearing a jacket to the ring it's little leather waistcoat doesn't affect him though yeah <laughs> Um. what do we have up yeah so <laughs> I love, um, one thing I love about Canyon is that he's only been Canyon again for a little while. But it's funny to me, I, I didn't remember how early he got the, the rep for being the inventor of moves. Straight but they're away. like put over huge in this match. <laughs> like I noticed that on Nitro, like Tanay is like, this man is a fucking wrestling genius. He comes up with new moves all the time. And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, they're, they're going straight to that, like. Like as Mortis, this guy could the wrestling could, genius. Now, now I'm just thinking of like a Chris Canyon, Dan McCabe. It's like Can McCabe. <laughs> Get Dan to do a flatliner in his next match. Oh mercy! <laughs> um, he does his fireman's Clary flapjack. He's been doing for weeks, and Tony acts like he's never seen it before in his entire fucking life. I'm pretty sure he did. He do it on he Nitro. Did. 
Yeah, yeah. So he but did I mean, it two days that was ago. the biggest night in the history of our sport. So I can understand where Tony forgets things he may have seen two nights ago. He's just caught up in the emotion. Um, Saturn, uh, Saturn had a great little hot tag here. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Uh, goes straight for the table. Canyon helps him to get the table, but Lodi blinds Saturn while he's on the top rope <laughs> with powder. Uh, Boulder really slowly and awkwardly switches Raven and Canyon's places. Um, and yeah, diving elbow onto his own partner. Uh, the table does not break. It looked like it fucking sucked to be yeah. them. Uh, Canyon is rolled in and gets pinned. I tell you what, I fucking... I'm laughing at it again. That, that spot with Lodi throwing the powder and like what 30 seconds later Saturn flies off the top with the elbow and I'm yeah. just like I'm, I'm blind I can't see where I'm going but I may as well sure I'm up here anyway yeah instead of like taking myself gently down off the top rope that I know I'm on ah fuck it I'll just, I'll just yeah. leap blindly like it's so dumb and it's so wrestling yeah. but you know, it it is what it is. It's, I hate the baby face slipping on a banana peel finish. It really sucks. Um, we have a Raven and Saturn video package, and this is another point at which I know they're doing a very good job building the big mm-hmm. matches in this paper. Like they're trying, like they're um, trying. They really are. Like I have to give them credit. They are trying to push Bash at the Beach as like one of their top shows of the year at this stage. Next up, we have Lee Malone's match of the night, as I saw on Twitter: Rick Fuller versus Mongo. I have I have nothing (laughs) absolutely nothing to say except for you were just in awe of this except for this he calls his finisher the Mongo Spike yeah yeah that's certainly a thing isn't it I I can't Um, get over that that is in an industry with stupid shit that has to be the worst name for a fucking tombstone I have ever heard. Why is it a spike? Why? <laughs> Look, you, you're better off asking the man himself. I have no fucking idea. Um, a couple of observations from this match, but not many. Um, at the start of this match, Tony says Aaron and Mongo are cut from the same mould, which is one, a mixed metaphor, and two, a horrendous insult to Aaron Anderson. <laughs> um, Mongo hits a bunch of football tackles that all look like dog shit, even though he actually was a football player. I tell you what, Hacksaw uh, Jim Duggan was rolling in his grave looking at them ta- football tackles. And he wasn't even dead, and he still no. isn't dead, and he was still rolling in his grave. Um Mongo says, let's finish this bum right now. And I was like, please, Mongo, please finish him. I don't want to watch this anymore. And he doesn't. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. This torture goes on longer. Uh, Fuller fires up a bit. Hits a very large and stupid sidekick. Uh, hits a ridiculous looking pose after he does that, which amounts to nothing. I thought it was him going for his finish, but he fucking didn't do anything. Um, Fuller goes up top. Mongo, like, this is this was weird. So Mongo half-assed kind of goes to knock him off the ropes, but it looks like Fuller actually crotched himself on the ropes. See, I like, thought Mongo went to do it, and Fuller yeah. kind of pulled out of doing the actual crotch spot, but then ended up yeah. getting, landing worse than he would have if he had just went with it. Yeah, he looked like he legit hurt himself doing it. Um, Mongo hits the infamous Mongo spike to win. Um... Then we get a, a recap of Malenko attacking Jericho and being arrested, calling off their match at the pay-per-view. Uh, this is from Nitro. 
Uh, I loved Heenan very earnestly at first talking about this and then goes, uh, Okay, you know, I, I, you think I, hang about- on, hang on. This was the part of the show okay. where I instantly stopped what I was doing and I DM'd Dave <laughs> and I just said, Bobby <laughs> Heenan talking about Dean Malenko. You'll know when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> He's so <laughs> earnest and so sincere. And then he goes, And you know, you think about Boris Malenko and you know what? They don't look alike. <laughs> And I came out of my chair. I was dead. Like, ah, a good five minutes. I couldn't get over. Because Shivani and Tanae do not say anything. They just look at him. Like, what the fuck? It's so good. It's so good. Uh, I Uh, I love it. He's putting over Malenko so well. And then it just twigs with him. He's just like, they don't look alike. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah the penny just dropped as he was talking I, lo- I love the brain um, I love him so much the greatest of all time Jericho is here and says you can see by the look of his face he's not happy he said he can't wrestle because of an unprovoked violent attack <laughs> by Dean Malenko which is a sensational accusation uh, he, he uh, Dean Malenko has robbed the fans of the match that Chris Jericho wanted to give them so good so uh, fucking smarmy. He's, he's incredible on this promo. Uh, he says, after he beats Dragon tonight, he will not be a formidable opponent either. Uh, he's not going to have anybody. There's nobody left. Says he demands to see JoJo and get his match for Sunday. He's like, I saw you on the screen earlier <laughs> on. But like, yeah. And we know you know he's not. I love that. He says, I know you're here. Uh, I seen you on the screen. Like, he, he just blatantly yeah. <laughs> ignores that it says he's in Atlanta. Like, it's fucking... I, yeah. Jericho is incredible at this time. Like, he's just every week. Yeah. And if he says he's going to come out to the fans on Sunday, if he doesn't have a match, maybe he'll do a little soft shoe, <laughs> sing a song, or tell some jokes. I hope he does all of that. All of the above. I hope he does too. And then finally, Lee, the white whale itself has appeared. The Moby Dick of this podcast Jericho versus Ultimo Dragon and it gets time and we get a finish and before I get into the things that happened in this match Lee put this one in the Days of Thunder or Rights folder this match I would have liked another 10 minutes of it but it was fabulous oh this was great like this was again like it's this thing we talk about we talk about this on the show a lot when things are bad we can bury them we can joke about them. We can laugh at them. <laughs> and boy, do we. And we try and do that and we try and be entertaining about it. When things are good, I find myself getting lost in it. And, like, this yeah. match was... Like, don't keep me wrong. I'm not saying it's a match of the year contender. It's, you know, oh, one of the best matches ever. It's not that. It's just something that drags you in. That you kind of forget that, you, you know, your phone, your notepad, whatever is in your hand. And you just watch... And you just watch these two guys have a really good match. And you forget that you're supposed to be reviewing it. And you just go, at the end of it, you just go, fuck, that was good. That was good wrestling. And now I have nothing to talk about because I got so engrossed in it, I didn't take notes about it. And, I mean, Jericho talks about on his podcast with Brody Lee that dropped, I think, last week. He was like, you know... People say, oh, you know, this match was great or this match was, you know, really good or, you know, these two guys could get together and have a great match. 
but like when it comes to like a WrestleMania, you only get ten minutes plus entrances, and you only get this amount of time or that amount of time. And you know, you think about matches that could have done with more time. Like you just said, introducing this match, if this had had ten more minutes on TV, how great would this have been? It would have been a classic, and it was still probably one of, if not the best matches we've seen on Thunder so far. Like it, it's um, it's right, get it's right the- up there with the Booker and uh, Ben Wasuf. Yeah, oh, it is, 100%. Uh, to kick things off here, just talking about this match, Dragon is so fucking mm-hmm. smooth. Uh, there's one point here where Jericho's on the outside, and um, he hits like a, a fake-out dive, uh, then a middle-rope drop kick, a hanging drop kick to the outside, and then a springboard splash. Like, all so quick and close together. Just lovely. Um, Jericho gets very angered by this and starts going to work on Dragon. Dragon hits a lightning-quick kick combination and a gorgeous palm strike. Um, but Jericho then captures him in, uh, he goes to kind of like give him the back elbow in the corner. He gets uh, caught in a captured German suplex. Uh, Tony, <laughs> Tony, in what I'm sure a, a joke he was workshopping all night, calls him the cruiserweight chump. I mean, I, champ. I, Actually, I meant the I former. love that he slips it in like it's a slip of the tongue, even though he's been waiting all night to say it about Jericho. Um, yeah, it's like a slip of the tongue, but then he's feeling his oats and he goes, no, do you know what? I meant the former. <laughs> um yeah, like, like you're you're going over the spots in this match, and I'm remembering, and it all, it, it's all just so good. And I love that neither guy is on top for a prolonged period, so the match is kind, it's yeah. just go 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 without being. It feels like a contest. Yeah. Like there's no guy taking advantage and kind of pounding down. Like like Horace, Horace is fucking, or even better, the Viano yeah. match where it's just all Viano, Viano, yeah. and you kind of like you're like right. When's the cat taking over? When, when's the cat gonna, you know, get his win? Yeah. Whereas this, like, we're in no doubt Jericho's gonna win. Yeah. But this, like, like I say, it just drags you in, and you're just like, like shit, this is good. Mm-hmm. This is just good stuff, good enjoyable wrestling, and it's something we don't yeah. get enough on the show. Yeah. Proper realistic looking struggle on the top rope, leading to Dragon hitting a front suplex and a Mahi stroll cradle, picture perfect for a near fall. Uh, Jericho hits a disgusting backbreaker Mm then. Um, uh, Dragon recovers and hits the moonsault into the Dragon Sleeper, my absolute favorite spot (laughs) on Thunder at the moment. Jericho immediately and wisely gets to the ropes because he knows he won't be able to escape the Dragon Sleeper otherwise. Uh, reverses a head scissors attempt out of the corner into a lion tamer effort but dragon rolls him up for a two count tries to roll him up again uh, for a two do, do, those, dragon those two near falls it. off the walls or the, the lion tamer attempts are probably two of the yeah. better near falls you'll see on television wrestling oh just brilliant and so mm-hmm. quick as well and like they I, I bit I bit on yeah, both that, of them that's what it is It's they happen so instantaneously they go oh shit like that was it like I honestly I bit on like I say I know Jericho stays as Cruiserweight champ but I I honestly thought Ultimo won the match yeah Dragon ducks a clothesline leaps up for what looks like a poison Rana Jericho turns him around he attempts a hurricane Rana eats shit on the ground I think Jericho was supposed to catch his legs but he fell through uh, it's still kind of like it. It still kind of ended up looking to a non-discerning mm-hmm. viewer that like it looked like he just let Dragon yeah. fall, which would also you know, kind of make sense. Uh, caught him in the lion tamer, tapped him out. This was everything I wanted. Like I said, if it was ten minutes longer, 
uh, it would have been an absolute classic. But I'm so happy with what I got, and I hope this isn't the last time we see the two of them. No, I, I really hope we get another couple of matches. Just like they don't have to be high stake matches. Just give us a ten minute match. 10, 12 minute match between these two. I don't care if it's open in a pay per view, if it's fucking on a thunder. I don't care. I just want to see more of these two wrestle. Yeah, on the thunder scale, this is right up near getting the five snowflakes for me. Um, just a perfect TV mm-hmm. wrestling match and such an oasis of brilliant wrestling in the middle of a and like an otherwise very patchy program. Um, Tony is now back on the stage again. He's here with Kevin Green, who comes out to the Monday Night Football team. Um, <laughs> because why wouldn't he? Yeah, he completes the triumvirate of people congratulating Goldberg during their promos. He says he's faced big guys on the football field before 6'2", 6'5", 6'7", but never an athlete like the giant 7'2", 500 and odd pounds. Um, But he says, don't take him lightly at the pay-per-view. This feels very much like it was uh, a line fed to him because, you know, we know uh, the giant Paul White, uh, especially in his first couple of years as the big show, had a little bit of a problem with the kind of like maintaining his physique, mm-hmm. shall we say. So there's a line Kevin Green has in here about, um, what he says, don't be up Saturday night farting, burping and drinking. Don't eat a big pregame yeah. meal. Because <laughs> on Sunday he's going to be rocking and rolling. He says he's bringing the heat and it'll be an all day party. What did you think of what Kevin Green had to say here, Lee? It was serviceable. It was, you know, it got the point across that he's here to take it seriously and, you know, taking on the giant as a big fucking... It's a big task, but, you know, he's up to it. and It, it was just very fucking babyface, by the numbers kind of stuff. Yeah, serviceable. And on the, the sports stars in wrestling curve. Oh, yeah. Um, something that struck me when he was coming out. He looks like a regular size Jerry Lynn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerry Lynn, if he had, like, the super soldier serum from Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we get another tag match teaser. Actually, make that two because one WCW tag match te- teaser and then NWO. one teaser yeah. sponsored by the which NWO. was a nice little touch. Um, then we have fuck the quote unquote main event. As I wrote here, possible main event time. Bef- before we get into it, may Jesus, may I just this- say this yes. is the worst main event we have ever had on Thunder. This is the most, when people think of Thunder, this is it, but yeah. don't watch it as much as us, which is almost every human being on the face of the earth doesn't watch it as much as the two of us do now. Um, this is the kind of shit mm-hmm. they think of. Overbooked, bait and switch. Bollocks. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and going off the air just as about things are about to get remotely interesting. Um, DDP is out as Hennig makes his entrance. Uh, he gets an urgent fax on his way to the ring. So the letter says that uh, he has the world title match on Sunday, but uh, because of that, he's under no obligation to wrestle DDP tonight. Rude and the lawyers. This I did like. This one line that Rude and the lawyers want to be the first to congratulate him in advance for beating Goldberg <laughs> uh, in a tremendous victory on Sunday. Not nice little playoff. Everyone congratulating Goldberg, obviously. Yeah, um, DDP gets distracted by Vincent, but Hennig jumps him. Uh, diamond cutter on Vincent. Hennig attempts to get away, but Goldberg's music char- uh, starts. The crowd start going wild, and they cut the show off before Goldberg even showed up. Oh my fucking 
God. I'm going to have a different take on this. I don't hate that. Right. Because now you now, have to tune into Nitro, well, or the pay-per-view, obviously, to see the new world champion. But you want them watching both shows, Lee. <laughs> you do, but like, you just even, had you just even, had that little teaser. And all I want, like, just have them spear Vincent and then go off the air, or have him just come out to the huge reception. Just look, I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not disputing that you're right. But I don't hate it yeah. either. Or just, or just don't hit his music. No, from at a all. Bi- from a business standpoint, I don't hate it because it's that, it's the big tease, and now you're gonna have to buy the pay per view if you actually want to see him, or tune into Monday. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just that I was just like, the cancellation of the match got my dander up so much. Uh, oh, like I had a feeling because I think like I saw that this show went on like we'll say mm-hmm. one hour twenty seven. And Jericho and Ultimo were still in the ring at one twenty one thirty, And I was like, okay, there's no main yeah, event. Don't get me wrong. I hate that the main event was like a bait and switch bollocks fucking, you know, no match. But yeah, uh, I'm not going to kill them for the Goldberg stuff. Right. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah. I can see, I can totally see your point of view, but I think just the cancellation of the match got on my nerves enough that I'm just like. Oh, but here's the thing: if the match had went um, ahead, it was always going to end in the DQ because you can't beat either guy. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, Lee. I just I'm done with this show now. Up and down. We got a great match, and then some thunderific bullshit. Um, I, honestly, I who were your I winners? I hate the show. I I honestly think they did a. They did no. a good job building to the pay-per-view. No. Yeah, look, there were some bad matches. There was some good pay-per-view build. And we got one stone-cold, fantastic mm-hmm. match. So, it's on the better side of Thunders. That's Which for is sure. an awful thing to say. But I think... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who were your winners and losers on this program? See, it's a weird show. And I... <laughs> There's no standout clear winner of the show. Or, well, I mean, the clear loser of the show is the Vianos. <laughs> who, two on one, couldn't yeah. even beat the cat. Or, you know, Stevie Ray for being so fucking awful. But, like, a clear winner of the show. Like... <sighs> Maybe Dragon, because, like, he looked amazing in there against Jericho. Yeah, I mean, Dragon and Jericho for just having such an awesome match, but... I don't know, maybe that feels like a cop-out to me. I, like, I I don't know, like, there was no, like, awesome promo, there was no... Do you know what? Eddie. Eddie first promo. There you go. He sucked me in. So I'll say okay. Eddie. What about you? Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably go the two boys in the match because I just loved it so much and I've been begging for that match to actually happen for mm. so long. And in terms of a loser, yeah, when you when you lay it out like that, that the two Vianos couldn't even beat the cat between them, that, that really does paint a dire picture. Uh, our Finnish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga tells us that there were seven matches on this show. Uh, five were clean, one DQ countout, one interference leading to a finish. And if we were doing this as a shoot and we look back at that cat match, I would say it's only four clean and one non Hang on, hang on, hang on. Must have not eight matches. Oh, no, there wasn't eight matches. There were seven. I'm counting the, the main event as a match. Yeah. Oh, it was not, my friend. It was a lot of things. I was, I was looking because I, I write them out in bold, and I'm like, 
No, they have eight matches. Yeah. How has he only got seven? <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to do it for uh, Thunder episode 24. Uh, we've got one last thing to, to do, uh, Lee, before we sign off. So this is our go-home show for the mm-hmm. pay-per-view. And you know what that means, Lee. I ha- I am about to get up the card for Bash oh. at the Beach in front of me. And I want you to tell me the card. what the matches on Bash at the Beach were. We'll see We'll see how good a job they did of, of promoting the okay. pay-per-view. Um, te- we tell have... how many matches we have. <laughs> You're not going to like this, Lee. You're going to say... Oh, There's 11 fuck. matches. <laughs> the hell? Hell? And I was actually actually sorry no sorry ten one of them was okay. dark the dark so the dark match was uh, Viano four and five defeating uh, Damien and Cyclope. Oh, I want to see that match. I'd I'd okay, watch so that. Ten that, matches. That, oh, okay, ten matches. Right, tag match: Rodman and Hogan, Malone and DDP. Yes, that's one. Goldberg Kenny. Two. Brett Booker. Three. Eddie Chavo. Four. Saturn Raven. Uh, yeah, five. Disco and Alex Wright versus Public Enemy. Uh, you had half of... Well, not there's a singles match involving the Dancing Fools. Uh, f- what? <laughs> this is bizarre. Okay, di- Disco it's, versus... It's... Mongo? It's Disco with Alex Wright versus Conan with Lex Luger and Kevin Nash. What? <laughs> Why? Yeah. We're going to find out, buddy, in two weeks. <laughs> so that's okay. six. Um, Raven Saturn, did I say that? Yeah. You did. Um, <laughs> Jericho. Jericho Ray? Yeah, I'm. I'm, assume, I'm assuming Seven. it's the actual Ray, not Ray Mini. Yes. <laughs> Seven. Okay, so that leaves three more matches. Who could they have in three more mm-hmm. matches? Does Sting have a match? Sting. Sorry. Nope. Nash. Nah, he he's not going nope. out twice. Eh. <laughs> There's one big match. The the promo you were talking about was your favorite part of the night. Oh, uh, Green Giant, I forgot. Oh yeah, there's okay. that. And my favorite promo. Fuck, what am I forgetting? From the the night. Who was early on in the night that had a promo that transfixed you? I said I didn't travel. I did. Oh, yeah. did you? Sorry, I didn't. Oh. Okay, so then you only have two matches left. Okay. Um, I unless you said the other one when you cut out as well. Go on, go on. What, like, what, what's left? Because I'll, I'll stay get... here all night guessing. I'm like Mrs. Doyle. Okay. One of them you 100 percent won't get, and one of them uh, you will, uh, or you may have okay. already gotten. Uh, Hoovy Kidman. Ah, fuck! No, I forgot about that. Okay, that's fair enough. And and right before. Eddie and Chavo, Stevie Ray beat Chavo. 
Why? Ah, uh, you know what? No, you know what? <laughs> we'll talk about it in two weeks' time, and I will bury it then. Okay, but but uh, so, yeah, ta- ta- that leaves us off. But I was just going to say, but thanks for spoiling it for me. Yeah, I, well, look. <laughs> By the way, can I just say that the um, the poster for Bash at the Beach 98 says, like, skinny dipping in a shark tank. Somebody's going down. There you are. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> that leaves us... Uh, with Bash at the Beach as our next show in two weeks. We'll be back next week. Maybe. Um, with our kind of like our, our little pay-per-view lead in talking the WWE Untold documentary on Rodman and Carl Malone. At WCW Thunderpod is the Twitter account to ask questions, have a laugh with us, follow the content, all good bits and bobs. Uh, subscribe to the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. Some fabulous stuff on there. Jeff and Chris, titans of work with both the Strong Style Story and Boom Goes the Dynamite. We've got Through the Years, which just posted a new episode last week. Uh, there's a great series going on there at the moment that Kelly's doing on um, Randy Savage. There's a plenty, as always, for you to indulge on by subscribing to our network. Um, and individually, I'm at the day to Dave and Lee is at Malone underscore 713 on Twitter. We'll see you next week uh, for our little pay-per-view pre-show and in two weeks for Bash at the Beach 98. See you then. I can see through the scars inside you. I can feel the thunder that's breaking in your heart. I can see through the stars inside you.